Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Hi, welcome to Snazzy Stories. If you would like to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to my storytelling adventure. Also subscribe to Snazzy Stories on iTunes, Spotify, and many other podcast apps, or go to snazzystories.com and leave an awesome review. With the year 2020 being the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment being passed in the United States, giving women the right to vote, there has been a lot of discussions and events featuring the women's suffrage movement, which is awesome. But I would like to focus today's episode on women in Europe during the 15th through the 17th centuries. How women were treated so long ago has affected how women have been seen throughout history, to the suffrage movement, and on, even till today. Such views of women have morphed throughout the years, but understanding the mistreatment of people throughout history will help us better understand human rights movements throughout history and how we can become better. Women have been looked down upon for centuries and treated as children, the simple-minded and just barely above slaves. I believe the worst time period for women to have been alive was the 15th through the 17th centuries, particularly in Europe. Societies gave women extreme problems to deal with in all aspects of life, economical, intellectual, physical, and spiritual. And in all areas, women were not treated as human beings. Women's economic choices were very limited, especially when societies began to adopt Roman law, because Roman law degraded women more so than Germanic law and placed them in the category of the simple-minded, where they were not seen as responsible for their own actions even. Thus, women's legal status declined and their legal standing was understood according to relationships with male figures, such as a pregnant woman, a nursing mother, a virgin, or just a mother or wife. Also, in the legal realm, women were able to draft their own wills, but they were not allowed to be witnesses to a will. Women were given limited legal rights, but did to some extent have marriage rights. Marriage rights were figured in two ways. The most common form of marriage noted that the husband and the wife co-owned all property. But in reality, husbands began to gain more control over property than what the wife may have liked, or at least what the theory of co-ownership suggests. The second form of marriage, the most popular among the wealthy landowners, was that whatever the wife brought into the marriage was hers, and she could take care of the affairs dealing with that property. However, the husband would ultimately acquire all the authority over everything that was brought into the household after marriage had taken place. Sometimes the only exception to this authority was the property that the woman had originally contributed to the marriage. Women, to some degree, could oversee the property that they had brought into that marriage. Even though women were able to sometimes co-own property, their most prized possession, which was considered property, women did not have any rights to at all. This was their children. 
A married woman had less legal control over her offspring than her husband and her husband's father. Upon remarriage, a woman lost rights over her children from the first marriage. Women were not able to have custody of their own children, possibly because women were seen and treated as children themselves. As leaders of the medieval church focused their congregations more on catechisms, wives received less and less respect. With much more emphasis on catechisms, the church wanted to indoctrinate the idea of what would be termed the holy household. Fathers were meant to be the head of the household and instruct, teach, and discipline not only their children, but their wives too. Therefore, one can see how much organized religion at this time saw women as children and of a simple-minded nature. Not only were women oppressed in economic and legal issues, but with intellectual and educational issues as well. Some advocated women to be educated, but their reasoning was that educated women would make better Christians. In some instances, women were educated, not because they were human beings and they should have the opportunity to be involved in civic duties and politics if they so desired, but with the hope that they could become better Christians. Societies felt that if women were able to express themselves in writing, it would be threatening to men's power. Women were kept from reading and writing to make sure their expression was kept to a minimum so that power would stay in one place and with one gender. Protestant societies were more prone to educate women than Catholic regions, but that does not mean that Protestant women were treated any better or had upped their status to equal men's status. In addition to economic, legal, and intellectual, women still endured trials in the physical aspect of life. Martin Luther, who is known as the great Protestant reformer, made his views on an independent woman very clear. Quote, If you have a wife or a servant who claims they have been seized by the Spirit to go on a pilgrimage, hear my counsel. Take a good oaken crucifix and sanctify their backsides with firm strokes. Then you'll see that with this finger of God, that is, the crucifix, you'll drive out the evil spirit which always tries to bend women to his will, since they let themselves be seduced by him so easily. Unquote. It is evident from Luther's remarks that he did not think highly of women, and being a Protestant leader, it is probably safe to assume that Protestant followers at the time felt the same way. Women may have been more likely to be educated in Protestant societies, but negative feelings towards them still lingered. Women's physical hardships escalated even before the infamous witch hunts began, both in Catholic and Protestant societies. In dealing with crimes, women were more likely to endure public humiliation, such as being forced to sit in the stocks for crimes committed, unlike men who were usually fined for criminal actions. The reason for the different punishments for men and women may have been because men had jobs, or at least better jobs than women, thus leading to men paying fines and women being humiliated publicly, which relates directly to the economic hardships placed on women because of their gender. But also, these actions may have taken place because women were seen as property or animals, and at that time, such actions were allowed.
and accepted. Men in such regions were not only stepping upon women in physical abuse, but also their spirituality was questioned. Women began to be accused of being witches because their spirituality was questioned. Witchcraft became a problem in both Catholic and Protestant areas. Jonathan W. Zofi expresses the justification for women being questioned about their spirituality and loyalty to their religion. He says, quote, As Europe continued to be troubled with periodic famines, inflation, and social tensions, the temptation to use accused witches as scapegoats proved impossible to resist in both Catholic and Protestant territories. Unquote. With these events happening in the world, the world seemed to be crumbling around people of both religions. But were they not doing everything right? Was God not happy with them? People during this time needed a justification for all the bad that had befallen them in their Protestant and Catholic communities. Therefore, a supernatural calamity must be at work. The perfect gender to blame would be women. They were already trampled upon, and they seemed to have experience with the supernatural or the mysteries of life because they were the gender that had given birth. Catholic and Protestant regions alike claimed that the devil was walking the streets of Europe with his minions, or as Martin Luther would say, his priestesses right behind. The supposedly understood physiology of women's bodies became the supposed understanding of women descending into the gates of hell. During the medieval period, the notions of Aristotle and Galen were influential. According to the great thinkers of old, women could not contract enough body heat by themselves. Thus, they sexually craved heat from men, causing women not to be able to contain their sexual arousals. Although by the 16th century, it was believed that women's sexual cravings simply came from uncontrolled passions and not from the lack of internal heat. Therefore, women were still claimed to be the sexual predators and men were the innocent victims. It was a common belief that at the pinnacle of the witch hunts, men were being assaulted in the bedroom by Satan's seducing sexual witches. The notion that women were the sexual predators and that they had an overactive sex drive led to the questioning of women's spirituality and in turn led to the sexually oriented witch hunts. Misogynistic views about women from monastic realms had spilled over into other social areas, leading to witch hunts. Witch, or really women hunting, was the newest fad to hit Europe, a complete craze in European culture. Monastic views of women tended to be quite negative. For instance, one abbot stated, referring to women, quote, Since we are loath to touch spittle or dung, even with our fingertips, how can we desire to embrace such a sack of dung? Unquote. After such ideas about women ran over into the corners of society, the view of women seemed to descend and become more and more negative. Not only are women considered a sack of dung, but now that sack of dung is having sexual relations with demons. 
The hierarchies of both religions felt something needed to be done about what they believed to be women victimizing men. Witch hunting became a sport or a competition to see which religious region could outdo the other. Or who was more pious, the Protestants or the Catholics? The competition became so heated that three, four, and seven-year-olds were accused of having sex with demons. An outrageous proposal, but yet one that became a reality among children. After the Malus Malficarum, or the Hammer of Witches, was written, the witch hunts became more of a nightmare for women and children. The Hammer of Witches was written in 1486 by two German inquisitors, Heinrich Kramer and Jacob Sprenger, in hopes that they could provide a means to spot witches and to reiterate the idea that women were weak, carnal creatures. Kramer and Sprenger stated in the Malus Malficarum, or the Hammer of Witches, quote, Since they are feebler both in mind and body, it is not surprising that they should come more under the spell of witchcraft. A wicked woman is by her nature quicker to waver in her faith and consequently quicker to abjure the faith, which is the root of witchcraft, unquote. According to many at the time, women were by nature evil, had no willpower, and would easily bend to their own carnal desires, leading to doing the will of Satan. However, Martin Luther believed that women did not succumb to the devil through carnal lust, but by being weak and without faith. He also believed that women loved too much. Therefore, she would do anything for her children, even resort to black magic to protect her children. Luther says of women, quote, Do you see how eagerly the devil uses women in his works? Through them he proclaims his law. Through them his superstitions. In short, everything that God has commended to men, holy things, the priesthood and the word, the devil gives to women. They are his priestesses. He teaches them many kinds of superstition, magic, and harmful things. Unquote. Many thought that women were seduced by the devil because of their uncontrollable carnal lust or loving too much. But nonetheless, Protestants and Catholics both tortured and executed accused witches without hard evidence. The accused were guilty until proven innocent, not innocent till proven guilty. As the witch or women hunting escalated, Women became more and more restricted, regulated, and repressed, especially in the realm of spirituality. The question of whether or not women could distinguish between a human lover and a demon lover was the number one question among educated Europeans during the 15th through the 17th centuries. Many tried to give answers and explanations for women's deemed overactive sex drives that led them to Satan's grasp and some were successful in convincing the rest of the public that, quote, woman is a wheedling and secret enemy. All witchcraft comes from carnal lust, which is in woman insatiable, unquote. Women suffered an immense amount of oppression in early modern Europe, 
At that time, it was evident that European women were oppressed economically, intellectually, physically, and spiritually. History is all about cause and effect. Notions of women that began so long ago continued throughout history. Those views have changed a bit into other ideas about women over the years. However, the effects of misogynistic views still have an effect on how women are seen and treated today. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories. Come back again where everyone has a story.